Cause I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Is that anybody's testament this morning? Come on, just lift that praise up with me. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Come on, let's utter that unto the Lord one more time. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than Cause all my life you have been faithful. Is that anybody's testimony? All my little life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing. Of the goodness of God, I will sing of the goodness of God. The faithful God, all my life, He has been faithful. I don't even deserve your faithfulness. I don't deserve an ounce of your faithfulness. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve your kindness. But you're so good to me that even while I don't deserve it, you give it to me. Even while I'm out there acting a fool, you still say I love you. Even while I'm out there cutting up and even when I'm walking away and even when I'm not walking in what I know to be right with you, you're so faithful to me. You're so faithful to me. Faithful is our God. So faithful. So faithful. So faithful. People will walk away from you. But our God is so faithful. So faithful. We take him for granted sometimes, but he's so faithful. You take him for granted. You don't even, you don't even realize that last night you could have died in your sleep. The old folks said the, that, that my bed would, could have been my cooling board. He's so faithful, so wonderful. Somebody doesn't have the testimony you have of getting it up this morning, being in their right mind. Somebody doesn't have that testimony of being able to drive themselves, clothe themselves in their right mind. Somebody doesn't have that testimony. But look at you walking around here free. Look at you. Some of the stuff that we've done, we know we should be incarcerated. We know it. Somewhere in a, in a hospital with soft pads on the wall. We know 
if it wasn't for the faithfulness of God, if it wasn't for his faithfulness, we'd be somewhere with a number tied on our back. His faithfulness is what kept us. Glory to God. Thank you, Sister Sharice and Maurice, for ushering us into the presence of the Lord. Our kiddos are going to go and receive the word of the Lord on their level. They're going to go to their children's church now. Can we clap their, clap our hands and praise God for them? We believe in ministry on all levels, all levels. Thank God for Sister Amy. Let's praise God for her as she goes. Let's continue to lift her up in prayer. As she, as she is a blessing to your children, let's lift her up. She's a blessing to our children, let's lift her up. Because the enemy is after this next generation. And so anybody who's pouring into them, you know the enemy is going to be fighting them. Glory to God. To the word of the, of the Lord, John, the gospel of John. The word of the Lord in the book of John, chapter 15. I'm excited. I've been playing with this and, and thinking about this word all week. John 15, John 15 and 1, when you have it, can you say amen? If you need a minute, say wait a minute. Okay, good. My God, he's an awesome guy. been a tremendously interesting morning say to say the least but God is good God is good if you don't let distractions bother you the enemy just comes to distract you he cannot stop you unless you allow him to stop you but he's going to put distractions in your way to make you stop but you got to be determined I'm going to get to the house of the Lord I'm going to get to what God has told me I'm going to get to, I'm going to walk in what God told me I'm going to walk in. Because all of the things the enemy brings in your life is just distractions. But the devil is alive. He is defeated in Jesus' name. John 15 and 1. I'm going to read out of the King James today. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in he, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me 
and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. For if you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even if as, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I said, I'll stop there. Verse number seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in, ye, in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it will, shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. For the next few minutes, I want to talk about walking in God's glory. Walking in God's glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this hour. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, for those who may be gathered around their phones or laptops or computers, who may be streaming us all over this world. I thank you, God, for this moment. Speak to somebody's heart today, God. Touch somebody in a direct way. Bring clarity to a situation. Hide me behind your cross. And today, God, I'm asking that you get the glory in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Walking in God's glory. So let's just start. Last week, we kind of talked about uh, when Moses told the Lord that I want to see your presence, I want to see your glory. And he said, nobody has ever seen my presence and lived. And so he put him in the cleft of the rock. And we talked about the cleft has a purpose. And so I wanted to dive in a little bit more and talk about what it means to walk in God's glory. Now, we, when we talk about God's glory, it depends on where you are from. You can, uh, it can translate, and sometimes it does um, it does manifest itself in goosebumps and chill bumps and, and everybody's running around and, and we're having a Holy Ghost good time and, and the music is high and everybody's shouting and, and, and people are speaking in tongue as, as the Spirit of God gave utterance. And so that can be a manifestation of God's glory. Or sometimes you would just go into a service where God's glory is, is ever so present and, and it's just a, you can just feel there's a, there's a, there's a presence in the room and nobody is really talking. There's, there's soft whispering or soft song or soft music playing because, because the Father has stepped in. And so when the Father steps in, there's no need for any of us to say anything when he gets to talking. And, and so that does manifest itself as the presence of God. But the reality is that as children of God, that it is possible for us to obtain the presence of God and the glory of God on a daily basis. It is very true. Now, what is God's glory? Now, in the Hebrew, the glory is trans translated into kavod. 
which means honor, respect, reverence, importance, distinction, or glory. That's what kavod means. In the Webster, glory means great beauty or splendor or magnificence. So remember last week in, in Gen, uh, Exodus 33 and 15, when Moses said, he said to the Lord, I'm reading out of the NIV now, he said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? I want to I wanna just admonish and just admire Moses because Moses, though he is, a, he is an eccentric leader and he is a leader of leaders and he is an example of all of us who call ourselves leaders, leading anything, lead, leading God's people, pastors, whatever, Moses is an example to us all because Moses said, if you don't go, I don't want to go. Now the new saying is, I don't want it. And so Moses said, if you don't go, if you're not going to go before me, I don't want it. And that's how we need to approach life because many of us want to go and then ask God to bless it. You want to get married, then ask God to bless it. You want to go after a new job and then ask God to come in. You want to go after a, a new career path. You want to move to a new city and then ask God, well, will you bless that? Moses said, if you're not going, I don't want to go. If you're not going to go ahead of me, I don't want no parts of it. Because you know why? With you there, that is what is going to distinguish me from everybody else. I'd rather go where the presence of God is so that when trouble comes and the enemy comes into that city or into that situation, I know I'm different. He gonna, he's going to have to back up off of me because the presence of God has already gone before me. I respect God too much not to ask the Lord, if your will is not there, if your presence is not there, don't send me. I'd rather go where you have sent me, where you have blessed, where you have ordained. I'd rather go where you are because that's where you'll find peace. Too many of us are trying to do things the other way around. You're trying to do something and then asking God to bless it and wondering why it's not working. The old folks say you put the cart before the horse. It's, it's, it's like you, you, are, you are building. Uh, that was an old school rapper. I'll say it this way. That was an old school rapper. Uh, old school to some of us, he modern to me, but, but e, the rapper E-40 said, don't, don't buy a $85,000 car before you buy a house. Because sometimes people will buy an expensive car, leave it outside only for it to get broken into when you could have put that money down and got a house and then you could have got something less, less expensive and put it in the garage. And so that's how people utilize their, their, their relationship with God. You go into something and then say, God, come on and come bless this dysfunction. God said, if you would have asked me, I would have told you not to do that in the first place, but you didn't, you didn't consider me. So when we begin to look at, at this Sunday morning's concept of walking in God's glory, we got to first understand the book of John. The book of John is all about showing the deity of Jesus Christ. In the beginning, uh, in John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. So John is really about getting you to understand that Jesus Christ is, in fact, God's word in the flesh. 
It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And drop down to verse 14, he says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the wonder of his glory, full of majesty and power. That is Jesus. So John is all about getting you to understand that Jesus, the physical person of Jesus, is God's Word in the physical. So you need to understand that when you begin to read the book of John, and you begin to understand John's point of view when he talks about Jesus and then so when, when Jesus now in chapter 15, he's talking about, Jesus would always talk in these, these agricultural terms because he wanted you to just understand it. He would talk in parables and just talk plain Jane to you so you understand it. And I, I love that about God. I love that about God because God wants to just, he'll just flat out explain it to you. Now, sometimes, you know, we, we'll see God and how he's translated through others and he's mystical and these and thy and all that. And I know that's the King James version, but sometimes God just will just be flat out and say, okay, this is what it's like. I love God for that because sometimes he needs to make it clear and plain for me. When I go to God and I'm having a bit of confusion in my mind and I'm praying, Lord, give me strength. I need to know what do you mean by this? Which way do I go? I will tell him this is my prayer life. You can do, you can pray in the old English or whatever language you want to pray in. I pray in plain old English. Lord, give me clarity. I don't need a riddle. I know you, you, are, you are wise. You are much wiser than me. Your folly is wiser than my, my wisdom. So I know you know what to say. I just, ask you, I just ask you to make it plain for me. Anybody else you pray like that, just make it plain for me. I love you. I just need to, just, just a little bit plainer. I'm a, I'm a little slower than you, God. I will, I'll be the first to admit, I'm a little slower than you. So just say it a little bit slower. Just say it a little bit slower. Okay. Uh, let's slow it down just a little, little, little bit more, a little bit more. Just, just turn that notch down just a little bit more. I'm, all, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Don't give up hope on me. We just talked about his faithfulness. Don't give up on me. I'm coming. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. I think I got it. I think I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a minute, say that one more time. I, I just don't want to make sure I, I don't get nothing right. See, see, I, I, I have learned that, that sometimes it is good to just wait on God to give you clarity. Sometimes it is good just to wait on God to give you an understanding. Sometimes it's just good to wait because in our eagerness, we will go out and want to get something done. And in our eagerness, we will mess everything up. And God said, I, that's not what I meant, but because you did not wait on the clarity from God and you want to jump to conclusions, then you end up jumping into something and now we're praying, God, get me out of this. You know I'm in this thing again. And God said, that's not what I was saying. But you would understand what I'm saying if you would read John chapter 15, which is where we are today. So I want to go, I want to go down... John chapter 15, what we read today, I'm going to go verse by verse because it's just so much in here. And I want to make sure you don't miss anything of what God is saying. Amen. Verse 2 says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. First of all, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my, my father is the husbandman. 
So when you think of a vine, you think of something like a grape, a grape vine, you think of a tree, whatever you can get in your mind, think of that. And so Jesus says, every branch, if Jesus is the vine, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. I got to stop right there because I want to make sure that you understand that God has an expectation of you. He has an expectation. I know people don't put expectations on, on others anymore, but God has an expectation on you. He said, every branch that comes a part of me, every branch that does not bear fruit, I'm going to take it away. Sounds really cruel, doesn't it? It sounds like, God, why, if I'm not bearing fruit, why are you taking it away from me? Why are you not giving me more time? And God is so gracious. He said, I give you time after time after time. I expect you to do something with what I give you. Look at, the, if you go, I want you to write this down and you can look at it in your leisure, Matthew 25. I'm sure you know the story by now. Uh, Jesus is giving the, the parable about the talents. Where the, for, the former went away, he gave one uh, servant one talent, one servant two talents, one servant five talents. He went away and then came back to ask them, what, what did you do with what I gave you? And so God has expectations on you. What did you do with what I gave you? What are you doing with the time you have on earth? What are you doing with the energy you have? What are you doing with the mindset you have? What are you doing with the exposure you have? What are you doing with the relationship you have? God said, I expect to see something when I return and ask you, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? See, many of us say, you know, well, God knows my heart and this and that. And you want to placate God and give God all these excuses. We go back to a couple of weeks ago when I talked about that your excuses don't work for God. Moses gave God all these excuses. Oh, well, I can't do this because I'm not eloquent in speech. And I can't do this because what, what are they going to say? And I can't do that. And God said, I don't need any of your excuses. I knew you before you got ready to create the excuse. I have an expectation of you. If I gave you anything, I'm, I guarantee you somebody can take that little bit that you're complaining about and make it work. He said, every branch that does not bear fruit, I'm going to cut it off. Because I'm not into wasting resources. I'm not that kind of God where I'm going to raise, waste resources. Remember I said he's the kind of God when he speaks something, it happens. He's the kind of God that, that cannot lie. He's the kind of God that when he speaks, things happen. When he says, let there be, you're going to see light four days before an actual sun is created. Because he doesn't waste words. He doesn't waste time. So he's asking you, what are you going to do with the time, energies, and the efforts you have left? Because if you're not going to do anything with it, I'm going to take it away. Here's what's so good. He said, but every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it 
so it will be even more fruitful. Watch the wording. He prunes it. Anybody in here, you ever worked on a garden or a farm, you know? You know what the, the pruning process? He didn't say I cut it away. I cut it off. He said I cut it back. See, God is a surgeon. He's not Edward Scissorhands. Anybody remember that movie? Edward Scissorhands, he had the, his, both his hands were just scissors. And everything he would touch, they would just, he would just cut them off. And God said, I'm not like that. If you are saying, Lord, I'm starting to see fruit, but then you cut me back. God said, I am doing that to make you more fruitful. Why? Why, God? I'm starting to create fruit. Why would you cut me back if I'm starting to be fruitful? Because I want you to be more fruitful. Because I never want you to get used to one method and then you begin to praise that method as if it was me. What happens is people see a method. They see it works one way. And now you begin to praise that method. You begin to praise that degree. You begin to praise the people that I sent to bless you. And now you begin to make an idol out of them, out of that situation, out of your mindset, out of your connections. And God says, before you begin to make an idol of them and I kill them because I said, have no other God before me, let me cut you back a little bit and show you that I am God over your life. But if you trust me, I'm going to make you more fruitful in this next season, but you got to trust me in the cutting. Glory to God. You got to trust me in the cutting. You got to trust me in the cutting. I'm a surgeon. I'm not a butcher. I know how to cut you and prune you. See, you got to be a skillful gardener to go into a garden and know how to cut a rose so that the rose is not damaged, but the rose grows from the cut. And many of us are crying because God is pruning us because you have thought, you have mistook the cutting as butchering. But it's really his pruning. Because you got to understand this, that he may cut you in a certain area, but you're still in his hands. Don't get that mistaken. The pruning may hurt, but you're still in his hands. Oh, this okay? I want you to understand this. Many of you are frustrated because God is cutting away and you say, Lord, I'm starting to get fruit. Why did you cut me away? And God said, I'm trying to build you up. And somebody is saying, Lord, if you gave me more time, I was going to do something. And he said, I cut you off. Let me tell you this. Some of you are frustrated because you are expecting fruit from a graveyard and not a garden. You're expecting fruit from a dead place. And so God says, I'm going to cut out dead things. That's why you need to go and do an inventory in your life. Every dead thing, every dead relationship, every dead place in your life, you need to cut it off. 
you need to cut it off because you are going to walk around in frustration because you are expecting fruit from dead people. They're dead. The situation is dead. The door is closed. And God says, stop expecting fruit from a graveyard. From verse 4 through verse 10, there becomes a theme that I want to make sure that you understand. If you look in verse 4 through 10, there's one word that stands out among it all. In every verse from 4 to 10, Eight and nine are the exception. There's one word. Abide. Abide in me and I am in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Abide. Except it abide in a vine. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him will bring forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Abide. The word abide means to remain stable or fixed in a state. So God says, the key to walking and really having my glory on your life is that you must abide. Abide means to be stable or fixed in a state. In verse 4, he said, abide in me and I in you, and as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So Jesus is saying, I need you because I am going to use you to bear fruit because no branch can bear fruit of itself. You have to be connected, and I have to be connected with you. Here's Here's another one in verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him shall bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Abide. Abide. Together. He said, when I move, you move. Just like that. I know somebody would. Abide. Abide. It's sticking together. We locked in arms. When I move, you move. And if I'm moving and you moving and we're abiding together, then whenever you get ready to go after a thing, then I promise you there's going to be fruit. Not just fruit. You're going to bring forth much fruit. But the moment you decide, okay, Lord, I think I'm going to leave you out of this. He says, without me, you can't do what? Nothing. And how many of us try to abide with God here, but leave him out over here? I abide with you over here, but over here, I'm going to go on, on my own. I'll abide with you here. It goes back to Moses. If you don't go with me, if you don't, if you don't go with me, how will they know that you're pleased with me and your people? What's going to distinguish me? Your abiding. He said, there's going to be a noticeable difference with you when you abide with me. Because I'm not going to just give you fruit. I'm going to give you much fruit. Without me, you can't do nothing. 
And the reason why you may be frustrated in some areas is because that could be an area where you have not abided with God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He said, he said make sure that they know that it, there is a difference between my pruning and my non-response. But if you don't abide with me, you don't know. See, because if you abide with me, I'm going to give you comfort in this moment. You won't be frustrated because I'm going to give you my peace because you're with me. I already knew what was going to happen. So if you're abiding with me and you hit a hard place, then you'll have my peace because I'm with you. But if you're not abiding with me and you hit a hard place, now you're frustrated because you misunderstood that you left me out of the equation, but you want me now to come fix it. This okay? Verse six, if a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. I, I almost picked up this morning that was one of my plans to, to go outside and, and pick up a branch from a tree. Now that branch is no more productive at all. That branch is of no use at all. It's just a branch that's laying on the side of the street, laying on the sidewalk because it's no longer connected to the tree. So he says men gonna come along and just pick it up and throw it in the fire because it's not connected. What use is it? And that's how many of us are walking around in life. You walked away from God and now you're trying to figure out why am I not seeing the blessings of God like I once did? Why am I not walking in the fruitfulness? Why am I not walking in God's promise? It's because you left the vine. You left the vine and wanted to do things on your own. And you left the whole vine and sitting over there waiting. And he said, without me, you can do nothing. So he said, now it's just going to wither. And men are going to gather and cast it into the fire and they'll burn. If ye abide in me, verse 7 of my words abide in you, you will, shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Glory to God. I don't know who's, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm happy about that because he just said, this is Jesus. The word's in red. So that's Jesus speaking, okay? That's not a, that's not a typo. That's not a messed up, uh, the ink in your Bible. That is Jesus speaking. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Here's why. Because I'm going to give you the things to desire. The Bible says that he gives us the desires of our heart. That doesn't mean that he's Santa Claus and he gives you, Lord, I want a new car. I want a new house, and I want some new shoes, and I want this. He said, that's not, that's not the desire I'm talking about. 
But I am going to give you the things to desire to go after, the things that are according to the will for your life, to God's will for your life. I'm going to give you those things to pray for. And when you pray, ask what you will, because now we are in such unity that you are asking God for things that will further make the bond stronger, further make our relationship better. How can I be a blessing to you? How can I be a blessing to your kingdom? How can I be a blessing to your people? You are no longer praying selfish prayers. You're no longer just consumed with self. He said the moment that we begin to abide together, your whole life is going to change because your focus is going to be on what I am focused on. But the moment you begin to say, Lord, I no longer need you in this area. He said, you, whenever you ask for anything, it's going to be out of your own will. And that's why you're frustrated. That's why you're frustrated. Because you're asking me for stuff that I'm not involved in. I'm not in there. The moment you begin to ask me for things according to my will, then I'm going to answer your prayers. The moment you begin to pray about what is your will, what is God's will for your life, then that's when you're going to see the release. You won't see the release as long as you're only consumed with self. Because you're not abiding with me. You're abiding by yourself. This is what's very important. If you're abiding me, my words abide in you. You should ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. This is what I want you to understand. Abiding is not visiting. Abiding is not visiting. Abiding in God is not visiting. Abiding, I'm going to keep saying it, abiding in God is not visiting. I don't care what will or may, I don't care what comes, I don't care what goes. Uh, you, depend, you are only depending on God in times of trouble. You only serve God in times of peace. You only serve God when it's convenient for you. You only serve God. If it's raining, God forbid, I can't get in the car. But if it's a concert on the other side of town, you'll drive through a storm just to get there. Abiding is not visiting. If you need God to heal a child, that's the only time he hears your prayers. Abiding is not visiting. Abiding is not visiting. Abide with me does not mean come over during the holidays. It's like you, you remember when we used to go see our aunts and uncles and, and grandparents, you would only see them on the holidays. And they would say, oh, look at you, child. You done grown up. Look how big you are. How old are you now? Here's a nickel. I remember when you were this young. And that's how many people visit the house of God. 
They visit God that way. And God, the last time he seen you, you just a little pup. And now you're a grown man. And God cannot get your prayers. He cannot get your attention. He cannot get your unwavering, dying devotion to him unless there's something going on. Unless you got to go to court next week. Unless you need him to fix something. But you steady asking God, Lord, give me this blessing. Give me this. I want this. I want this, Lord. And he said, you don't even abide with me. Why am I going to do that? What sense does that make? Why am I going to bless you like that? Here's, what, here's the reality. Many people want a full-time commitment from God, but are not full-time committed to him. They want a full commitment from God, but not to God. A full commitment from God, but not to God. You want a full commitment from God, but not to God. I'm too sleepy to get up in the morning and read and pray. I got too much going on, God, to stop in the middle of my day and praise you. I got too much in the, going on in my day, God, that I cannot read your word. I got too much going on in my day to tell anybody about you. I got too much going on in my day to seek your face. I got too much going on in my life, Lord. You know I would do better if I could do better. You know if I, if I had more time, I would do better, God. And here there's somebody in the hospital room saying, Lord, if you just let me out of this bed, I promise to give you praise everywhere I go I'll praise you in this hospital room I'll praise you in this hospital bed Lord but if you just let me out I promise I'll never stop walking around giving you praise somebody right now is in the wheelchair looking at your legs looking at you walking around and wasting that and somebody saying Lord if I could just walk around again somebody right now is in a third world country praising God and, and sweeping a dirt floor and how dare you with your AC and how dare you with your car that goes down the highway without gas and you got an electric vehicle and somebody is riding a bus if you ever go overseas and you see how they ride the buses they ride them they're almost hanging out of the window and God gave you all of the luxuries that you have and still yet you too busy to abide with him You'll abide with the golf partners. You'll abide with the people you work with. You'll abide with the sorority. You'll abide with the fraternity. You'll abide, you'll abide with all those other people until you need something from God. And it's me, Lord. It's me again, oh Lord. You know, Lord. You know how I am. You know how I am. Come on, Lord. Just, just... Just help me out. And he looking at you like, why should I give you another chance? Abiding is not visiting. It is to remain stable or fixed in the state. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God said, everything that you do for me, 
It may look like it's not going to pay off. You may feel like it's not going to pay off. People may tell you it's not going to pay off. People may tell you, don't. why are you wasting your time doing that? What, why are you wasting your only day off coming to church? Why are you wasting your time doing that? He said, if you just be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, I promise you, your work is not in vain. Glory to God. Because you're abiding in me. Come what will or may. Come the storms of life. Come everything. Come sickness. Come disease. Come pe different people in office. I don't care about that. I don't care about none of that. Come what will or may. I'm going to stay right here and be ye steadfast and unmovable. Because God has done too much for me to just let you come along and have some new theory and think I'm going to walk behind you. God has been too good to me. Glory to God. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me, but he's been too good to me for me to just walk away because some new theory has come in because somebody done read a couple of books that people wrote. People like to say, man wrote the Bible. Man wrote all them other books you're reading too. But they forget about that part. Man wrote everything you reading. But when it comes to God, see, this is another reason why I love God. Because he says in his word, he, it is by the foolishness of preaching, he confounded the wise. It is the foolishness of preaching. He said, I want to make my word so plain and make my love so accessible that even the scientist says, wait a minute. That seems too simple. And the illiterate says, I can understand it just fine. And both of them have to come together to the bleeding side of the Savior. And both of them are looking at each other like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't this thing be a little harder? And what are you doing here? I can't believe that a God like that would love a simpleton like me. But I love him because he doesn't even care. He doesn't care what degree I have. He doesn't care what school I went to. He said, my love and my grace is for everybody. I love him. I love him. If you abide in me. And my word abide in you. That's his only prerequisite. If you abide in me and my word abide in you. He didn't say if you go to school a certain amount of years. He didn't say if you know this certain person. If you have built this relationship. If you abide in me and my word abides in you. You shall ask what you want. And it shall be done unto you. Hear ye. Is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit? I want to tell you this God gets glory out of you bearing fruit. God gets glory out of you bearing fruit. I want to kill that narrative that. That says that you got to walk around and look all pitiful and disgusted and God's going to get the glory out of that. God gets glory. It, Jesus just said, hear ye is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. I get glory out of seeing you blessed. I get glory out of seeing you fruitful. I get glory out of seeing you. Let's let's. Let me bring it down and break it down in the natural. For all the parents, if you've ever had to raise a child, 
And you raise that child and you put all good qualities in them and you send, you send them to all the best schools and you did this for them and you did that for them and they never had to want for anything. Then here they are now into their adolescence. Most of the time that's when this happened. Young adulthood acting a plum D fool. I mean plum D. I mean they, the folks are calling you. You know you need to come get them. They calling you, you see them all over social media. When you get ready to show somebody, this is my child, you have to hurry up and close the phone because of what they're doing. Now you as a parent, how much glory does that give you? Because you say, because you about to brag on them, right? This is my son, this is my daughter. Look, this is my baby girl over here, this is my son, this is Junior. This Junior, look at Junior. And before you can even show, you can't even show her, you hear the music. I'll show you later. But now they get ready, they doing good. They got a nice house. They got a nice career. They doing good. They can work at Burger King, but they doing good. They got their head on straight. They saving their money. They bought their first car. They doing good. They, do, they, they doing good. You ain't been in no trouble, you doing good. Now which one of those lives is giving you glory as a parent? God said, I get glory out of seeing you blessed and fruitful. Because when people say, man, how did you do that? You say, it was God. How did you make it through that storm? I thought you were going to die in that last thing. I thought you were going to lose your mind. And they say, you say it was God. How did, you, how did you survive that hell you went through? How did a person like you with no job end up having this, this how did you end up getting this, this deal to close? That was all God. The more fruitful I am, the more God is like, yeah, that's my son, my daughter. I'm going to bless you to be even more fruitful because you are doing something with what I gave you. You're not just complaining. In Matthew 25, the talent, one he gave one, one he gave two, and one he gave five, and the one he gave five doubled it. When the master returned, he said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. The one who he gave two, well done, thy good and faithful servant, because he doubled it. The one he gave one went and buried. He said, I knew you were a hard man, and you were going to reap where you sowed not. And so I hid the Lord's money. I hid my talents. I hid it. I hid it. And he said, okay, you're cursed. Depart from me. And God is saying, how many of us are so busy complaining about what we don't have, we don't become fruitful with what we do have. So God said, I'm going to bless you to be more fruitful once you really begin to use what I put in your hands. Now, wait a minute. Because I don't want you to walk away from here thinking that this is just about tangibles. 
because I don't want you. See, the enemy will, will come in and say, see, all God, all God wants is the tangibles. All they want is the money, the house, and this and that, and the church is all the same. No, no, no. If In 2 Peter 1 and 5, for this very reason, make every effort. I'm in the NIV, 2 Peter 1 and 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to, good, and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. Watch this. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from becoming or being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I don't want you to just be fruitful in your finances. I don't want you to just be fruitful in your relationship. I don't want you to just be fruitful in your marriage. I want you to be fruitful in your knowledge. Be fruitful in your, in your goodness. Be fruitful in your self-control. In your perseverance, perseverance. Let me stop right there. Perseverance, perseverance. I want you to be fruitful in your perseverance. Again, be ye steadfast and unmovable. I'm going after that thing and I'm going to lock in. This is my destiny. He said, I want you to be fruitful in your perseverance. Stop letting every distraction stop you. This morning, I'm going to just say, this morning, I've had several, several distractions all the way down to our, our, our regular podium. Broke. We had to improvise. Thank you. Thank you to my team. Can we praise God? I want to praise God for the team. We improvised, baby. And I told that devil, I said, I don't care what you're going to throw at me because I got God's word. I'm going to throw it right back at you. Perseverance. I don't care. I don't care what the devil throws at you. I don't care what life throws at you. You got to keep going. If God made you a promise, I don't care. It was storming outside. And I said, Lord, the people, the people normally, they don't come if it rains. And then I said, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of you. I don't care if it's just me and God, if it's just me and Tristan here. My God, we were going to have church because the devil was not going to win this battle. And I came to tell you, if you just have perseverance, you are going to get the victory. If you just persevere, you are going to get the victory. The devil is a liar. If you persevere and you just keep going, you are going to win. You are going to win. You are going to win. Be your marriage. Be your company. Be your degree. Be your finances. Be with your kids. Whatever it is, you are going to win. Don't give up. Don't give up. The pruning, the cutting you may be feeling right now is God's pruning process. Because you could be saying, Lord, I was doing good and I had this setback. 
that setback is God's pruning process because I'm about to bring you into more fruit and I never wanted you to get as addicted to the fruit as you are to me. I don't want you to get addicted to the fruit because I can bring you fruit. Thank you, Lord, since we're talking about fruit. I can bring you fruit through other baskets. Never get addicted to the basket because I got ways to bless you in ways you, in manners you haven't even begun to think about. You thinking about a job, I'm thinking about you owning a company. You thinking about one way, I'm thinking about another way. You thinking about, Lord, okay, if somebody would just bless me this way. And God said, I got something coming up that you don't even realize is coming. I got a check in the mail that you don't even realize is in the mail this week. Persevere. Persevere. Be ye steadfast and unmovable. And persevere. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you want and it shall be done. Two last things and I'll quit. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Back up to one. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Dwelling is not a visiting. Dwelling is not hopping in when things are good and hopping back out. Dwelling is a walking around. Your lifestyle is indicative that I'm in a secret place of God. I walk around not bothered because I'm in God's secret place and he and I got a relationship and I don't have to be afraid of the arrows by night. I don't have to be afraid of the voices that the enemy is trying to make you believe or the voices of truth. They're not. Because the enemy will say, you're not going to make it here. You're not going to do this. Look at you. See, the enemy wants to make you believe that those are voices of truth when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. All those other things are opinions of the enemy. They're scare tactics. The Bible says the enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking who be made with devour. He didn't say he is a royal lion, like a royal lion. Perseverance. If you abide in me, my word abides in you. You can ask what you will and shall be done. Here ye is my father glorified. He, this is how you're going to walk in God's glory by being fruitful. I'm asking you to stand to your feet for me real quick. Somebody may be saying, Lord, I'm in a cutting away process right now. I feel like things are being cut away. You can still be fruitful. Just because you're not fruitful in one area does not mean that you cannot be fruitful in another area. Just because you're not fruitful in the way you once were does not mean that you cannot be fruitful continually constantly 
The enemy wants to make you believe because you're in the pruning process that God has forgotten about you and God has left you out to dry. And the devil is a lie. I guarantee you, if you ask a rosebud, a rose stem, will it come back again? It will probably say no because it's just been cut. But its neighbor next to him will say, give it a couple of weeks and you'll look just like me again. Give it a little time and you're gonna look just like me again. I was cut last week and look at me now. We got some roses at home that are twice bloomed. And so every couple of weeks there, you gotta prune them and they'll, they'll come up, they'll blossom, they'll bloom and they'll die and you cut them and every couple of weeks they'll do the process over again. And when I first got them, I didn't understand it. I would see dead roses on the end of the stems and I was ready to throw the whole plant away until I, I researched it. That's a part of the process. I had one at one time, it, it started out being just a little bitty pot in the, flower, in the flower pot and I put it in the ground and what was once three feet ended up being almost eight feet tall, full of roses. I'm telling you, you are going to win. You are going to win. You are going to win. I don't care the circumstances. I didn't ask you the circumstances. I didn't ask you what's against you. I, don't ask, I didn't ask you who's fighting you. I didn't ask you what they said last time. I didn't ask you how good your credit is. I ain't asked you none of that. I ain't asked you how your last relationship went. I ain't asked you none of that. I ain't asked you what degree you got. I ain't asked none of that. I didn't ask you, Moses, how do you sound when you talk? Moses spoke with a stutter. And God said, if you open your mouth, I'm going to use your mouth. And I'm going to speak through you. And you're going to win. You're going to win. The fruit is temporary. My grace is not. My word is eternal. So if you lose the house, I got more houses. If you lose the money, I got more money. The streets of heaven are paved with gold. So what is money to God? What is money to God? What is the thing that you are, you, I, I asked him this on a prayer call we had last week, that, that most pressing prayer request. I want you to stop asking it. If you've asked it more than one time, I want you to stop asking it because at this point you're insulting God. He hurt you. He hurt you. It's not like he doesn't care, he hurt you. He knows the cares of your heart. So he said, I'm saying, stop asking it because the enemy will distract you with that problem that you keep asking God for. And so you cannot focus on long term. God, what, what do you want me to learn from this process? What is it? What is it, God? What, what am I to do next? If that, if that thing was done right now, if it's fixed right now, what else would you do? That's how you need to be praying and believing God. That thing that you've been worried about, okay, that's done. 
because I already prayed about it and God already knows it. So I don't have to keep bringing it up. Okay, Lord, let's move on to the next. We got something else to do. What's next in line for us? Perseverance. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, I thank you. I thank you for persevering. The, the spirit of perseverance. I thank you, Lord. That when we try to not abide in you, you still abided with us and you still gave us reminders that you were with us. You still touched us. You still kept us. Thank you for believing in us when we didn't even have belief in ourselves. Father, we surrender it all to you. I surrender my will my mind, my emotions, my crazy thoughts. Perhaps you don't know the Lord and the pardon of your sins, Lord. Today we surrender it all to you. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. That's all it takes. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Same prayer. We repent of our sins. We acknowledge our faults, God. We ask that you will forgive us of our sins and clean us and wash us, set us free. We believe Jesus died on the cross for us and was rose that third day. Now that we have salvation, God, we thank you for teaching us how to abide in an unabiding world. When people change their minds every day about everything, God, we thank you for teaching us, Lord, how to abide in you. Thank you for being our strength and our fortress, for being our peace and our help. In Jesus' name, amen. 30 seconds. I just want you to talk to God. 30 seconds. I want you to talk to God. This is not about your spouse. It's not about who's next to you. It's about you talking to God. What did he say to you today? What did he say to you today? How is your life going to be different after today? Abide in me. Abide. Abide in me. Abide. but I'm going to bring you into much fruit. Trust me more than you trust the paycheck, more than you trust the job. Help me, Lord.
I'm going to ask that you would clap your hands and praise God in this moment. wasn't on your mind? How would you praise him if that burden wasn't on your heart? How would you praise him if he told you by the time you got home the answer is there? How would you praise him? How would you praise him if the company calls you on a Monday morning? How would you praise him? Praise him in advance. 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 My God. My God. Praise him in advance. All over the internet. Praise him. Glory to God. so good. He's just so good. He's just so good. He's just so good. I'm, I just, I'm just, sometimes I'm just blown away at how good he is. He's so wonderful. We don't deserve none of it. He's just so good. He's just so good. and 31 Jesus says Simon Simon behold Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat but I pray for you that thy faith fail not and when thou art converted strengthen thy brethren He didn't say that I, I don't pray that you will fail. I pray that your faith fail thee not. Satan desired to have you and sift, shake you up like wheat. But I prayed for you. <laughs> this is Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith would fail you not. I prayed for you that life storms 
won't sift you so much that your faith failed. I prayed for you. I saw what you were going through. I heard what they said. I prayed for you. Satan desired to have you, but I prayed for you. He is our high priest. And he said, I prayed for you. That when thou art converted, it's your job to go strengthen that brother. It's your job to go strengthen that sister. It's your job to say, look at me. I wouldn't have made it if he wasn't here. I wouldn't have made it if he wasn't on my side. I pray for you because I saw your faith failing, but I prayed that it would not fail. It was getting low. Your tank was getting low, brother. I saw it. And you said, Lord, I'm down to my last little bit of faith. Almost the size of a mustard seed. But then in another scripture, Jesus said, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed. And you can move this mountain. If you're down to just a bare little bit of faith, he said, that's all I need. But the enemy wants to make it fail. He wants to say it doesn't matter. That's all the faith you got, God can't do nothing with it. He said, that's all I need. And I'm going to move that mountain out of your way. Speak to it. Let me stop. Uh, my wife, she'll be, she'll be poking me on the side if you here. If you got your, those partnership cards, the, 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 the sowing cards, I want you to sow. Prepare your seeds, your tithe, your offering, and if we're going to sow into God's kingdom. going to challenge you. If you are believing God for something, God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all you may ask or think. If you're watching online, we have the instructions there for you as well. I feel somebody's faith being stirred up.
as the pastor of this house, as the shepherd of his house, I'm going to put a demand on the Holy Spirit, God. And I thank you, Lord. Some people need answers physically. They need answers in tangible ways, God. Some people now, God, they need a resource, their resources, God, to be touched. They need a touch, God. They need answers, God. Some need answers. They need jobs or deals closed or books written. Some God, they, they need answers, God, this week. And I thank you. <laughs> Ministering angels, I call on you now. I thank you for what you're going to do. Some people need healings in their bodies, God. Healings. My God, healing is the children's bread. And I thank you. I thank you, God. Somebody needs protection, Lord. Somebody needs things, God, that money cannot buy, like peace. I thank you, God, for your peace. Somebody needs strength. Somebody needs courage. Somebody needs help to be perseverant, to have perseverance, God. And I thank you, God, that you're going to answer prayers this week, God. Because we abide in you, and your word abides in us. We ask you for this now. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Celebrate the goodness of the Lord. I'm going to come down on the floor. If you want to make this.
this church your church home, I will extend you the right hand of fellowship. We're going somewhere. We are going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Glory to God. I want you to mark your calendars. I don't, I don't have a location yet, but mark your calendars for October 4th. October 4th. We're going to start our midweek Bible studies. October 4th, we're going to start, we're going to do uh, the first Wednesday in every month for now until we, we'll see what, how that goes. Uh, but we're going to start. See, the enemy, the enemy is just really trying to distract you. That's all he's trying to do. That's, that was this message, that was this whole entire message was about distraction. That was this morning. You could have chose to stay home. Maybe you stayed home. I'm praying that everybody uh, who was maybe affected by this storm that, that, that everything would be alright and everything would be turned on. Lights back on. Kids got to go to school and I'm praying that, that you are okay. I'm praying that, that you, are, you are doing okay. But sometimes what the enemy wants to fight the most is your perseverance. Your faith. If Jesus had to address that directly with Peter, said the enemy come to sift you so that your faith would fail. Now, Jesus, Peter walked with Jesus. So you know he's going to be after our faith. But I pray for you. And as your pastor, I pray for you. And I want to become your pastor if I'm not your pastor. But I want you to know how serious I take this. This is... This is not something that I just feel like I want to do. I want to do it, but I'm called to do it. I'm called to you. I'm called to you. I care. I care. I care about you. I care that you're okay. I care. I care that you're that that you're growing in the Lord. But I care that you're growing as a person too. I care. I care for you. I know. I'm, I, I, and if you're watching, I'm sorry you're not here, baby. You'd probably be pulling my coattail. But I know that, that some ministers and pastors have gotten a bad rap. And it's some, it's some bad characters out there. It is some bad characters out there. But there's a lot of good men and women out there that's doing the mighty, mighty work for the Lord in this area in this nation, in this world, there's some mighty, mighty good men and women of God doing some real, they, amen. They don't get enough credit doing mighty work for God. Mighty work for God. And some of the mother jokers out there too. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you ran into them and they gave you a bad taste for church. I'm sorry if you ran into them and they gave you a bad taste for God's men and women. I'm sorry. I was going to say I apologize for them, but I don't apologize for them. That, they they got to apologize for themselves. But I'm going to do what God called me to do. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to promise as your pastor, I am, I am forever going to seek the Lord so that you can have clarity. When you come in here, I want you to hear from God. You call me, you, you text us, whatever. It's my job to stand on the wall. And I believe wholeheartedly I'm called to you.
That's it, before I get to crying. <clears throat> if you want to be a part of this church, I'll be down at the bottom. Um, but every head bowed, every eye closed. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we may ask or think. To him, the only wise God, full of love and power, be dominion forever and ever. Forever and ever. Thank you for protection, Lord. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for peace. Peace, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. I'll see you next week. Right here. We, don't forget, we do have some of those pass out cards in the lobby. It's those smaller cards. If you, if you want to give them out, you feel free to do that. Give them out to people wherever you go. But pass them out. Help spread the word. Thank you all.